falls into one of two brackets. You either have a growth mindset or you have a fixed mindset. You know, first and foremost, do your research. You know, um, don't set up a business. Don't try and create something that you want. Make sure it's something that you can sell. You know, some, it, it, it fills a need. Don't for one second think that you're going to knock on someone's door and say, can you be my mentor? And then you go and see them once a month and they're going to change the way you think. It, that's that's false gold. What work. happens is that when you don't have a lot, you become very resilient. Most people is that they think too small. If there's a very, 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 very small chance of success, they won't even try. Easily jump from a, a Ford to a Ferrari but you'll struggle to jump from a Ferrari to a Ford. But the best in the world have got it down to people like Sonny who've got it down to 15 minutes. If there's, if I'm having a meeting with you and we cannot talk about what needs to be talked about in 15 minutes, there's something wrong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspire Podcast with myself, Kurum Kang. We bring you leading content within business and entrepreneurship by discussing real life journeys by real life business people. Today's guest founded Media 36 in 2012, part of an award-winning Asian wealth magazine, which oversees business, luxury and lifestyle and has clients such as Cartier, Shavers Regal and Porsche. He's interviewed leading heavyweights such as Peter Verdi, Jay Sean and Anish Bhatt, aka Watch Anish and oversees events across property, uh, cultural dinners and entrepreneurship. Also part of Media 36's Storage Terminal magazine, which provides high-class coverage across global bulk liquid terminals. He's also the ambassador of Discover Soniva, which is a luxury five-star resort in Maldives and Thailand. And he's got a newly invested platform, which is a private investors club across real estate and technologies. Today's guest is none other than Mr. Kalpesh Patel. Wow, what an introduction, Karim. Thank you very much. I think you're going to have to come on, come with me on the road, you know, so, to, to open up every <laughs> Take time. Me. So, uh, no, thank you very much. A pleasure to be here and thank you very much for having me. No, uh, pleasure's ours. Uh, as I mentioned to you when we first met outside, I've been really motivated by your magazine in the past. Thank you. You know, having people like I mentioned, like Peter Verdi, Jay Sean, when I was growing up a few years ago, this was absolutely something I used to, you know, look to. And I'm sure a lot of the people out there, you know, have been inspired by, you know, work that your publications have done as well. So that's why I was really keen to bring you on. Let's talk more about your story for everyone. Sure. So, yeah, kick us off from the beginning. I know it's a big journey, but start us with yeah. uh, Media 36 and then a bit more about Discover Soniva, yeah. Private Investor Club and any other 20 other things you're doing in the background. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, look, just to give you a, a, a kind of a slight background, uh, I, I, I entered the market about 10, 15 years ago. I worked for a big publishing house. Um, things weren't working out, you know, when you sometimes when you work for these big corporate companies, you could make a million pounds with six people in your team. And they tell you that you're making a loss because they allocate money, you know, £100,000 here, £100,000 there. So I thought to myself, look, you know, this is not the way to move forward. Uh, so I left and I set up an oil and gas magazine because that was my lane. That's what I was, that's the industry I was in. Um, couple of years in i realized i didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket okay so for me it was 
what can we do which is different um and for me at the start of every year i as a as a publisher i would subscribe to a whole load of magazines uh, very much you know interested in who was advertising what the articles were about who was being interviewed what the design was like how creative was it uh, and and as a personal interest i wanted to subscribe to business magazine because that's my interest uh, but everything that I was coming across was very much American-based. Fortune, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., all these titles, great publications, but very American. So they would, you know, in, you know, inside articles and inside interviews, they would have pieces which said, you know, Karam ran his business like a quarterback on the field. <laughs> so we would get it, but we wouldn't get it. It would be that kind of transatlantic disconnect Um so I thought to myself, look, if, if we can't find, or if I can't find what I'm looking for, and I've got a great team, let's try and set it up, you know, ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. I didn't want to call it Asian Wealth. I wanted to call it Asian Entrepreneur. Um, but Entrepreneur in America applied for the rights um, in Europe. Still hasn't been approved. Um, but if and when it ever does, then any you know, publication or newspaper which has Entrepreneur in the title will have to change its name. Um, so we ended up with Asian Wealth um, with the kind of mindset that we're going to get this into WH Smiths and um, two things essentially that run through the bloodline of every Asian is food and business <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for us it was okay well business is our lane that's what I have an interest in you know let's create this this platform let's create this magazine and it was never currently it was never supposed to be um, luxury it was never supposed to be um, premium. It was really the, the core element of this platform was supposed to be business. It was always supposed to be business. Um, so very much, you know, the first couple of editions were very much business-led. Then we realized that, um, you know, by default, so, so for the name that I didn't want to call it, Asian Wealth, and wealth being a context, you know, different to what most people think you know we use asian wealth in the context of wealth of knowledge wealth of entrepreneurship wealth of um enterprise it's never it was never built to you know um mean monetary wealth in its traditional form so but you would only know that if people if you picked it up and you and you opened the pages and you read you know so we never really talked about um you know, how much someone was worth or, or monetary this or monetary that. It was never about that. We were always interested in is, and even now, even to this day, you know, the only thing that we're really interested in is the mindset, people's mindset. So if you, it doesn't matter if you are a startup business or a multi-billionaire, if I sit down and I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm interested in your mindset, what drives you, you know, um, what time you wake up in the morning, you know, what do you have for breakfast, you know, do you make your calls first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon, I, I want to I want to understand that. Um, and a lot of our readers do as well, a lot of our subscribers, it's the same reason, what they, that's, the, that's what they want to do as well. Um, so, but, you know, having a name like Asian Wealth, we, in the first couple of years, we fell on the radar um of some very premium brands. Um, you mentioned Cartier, you yeah. mentioned Porsche, Chivas, um, you know, some of our fantastic clients. Um, and, you know, we 
we fell on their radar very, very quickly because what was happening about eight years ago, eight to ten years ago, a lot of these companies would do massive global campaigns. You know, we all know Cartier, we all know Porsche, we all know these brands. Um, and they would have the global campaigns. But what they were doing is that they were they were doing something called um, experimental marketing. So what they were trying to do is tap into certain ethnic groups um, or buyer groups, you know. So we're talking the Asian market, the Chinese market, the Russian market, Jewish market. These markets, big, big spending power. So they were doing as much as they could to kind of tap into these markets, whether it's building personal relationships, networking, you know. When it came to the Asian market, now when I say Asian, obviously in the UK we know Asian as South Asian aligned, right? India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, um, you know, so Sri Lanka. The, the, these are kind of our, you know, in America it's, it's different. They for, Asia, for them it's, you know, Eastern Asia, China and so forth. Um, so for us it was very much, when we talked Asian, you know, their ears pricked up and they said, well, okay, well let, let's have a look at this. For them... Just from the cover, it was oh my god, this must be a magazine for for rich Asians. You know that that's essentially what they what they thought. Yeah. Um, but you know, as we sat down, um, we uh, we started understanding what they want to do. So in the first couple of years, we maneuvered our magazine um, into a premium luxury model. You know, we changed our designer, um, we changed the format of what we were doing, we changed everything about you know how we were because you know. And I think in generally in business, you have to do that. You have to organically grow. You have to be fluid. You have to maneuver yourselves to what your client wants. Never lose your your belief or your vision um, of what you want to do. You know, we didn't do that. We wanted to be a business platform, a business magazine, and that's what we were, and that's what we are today. We just maneuvered ourselves into what our clients wanted us to wanted us to be but we never lost our dna uh, that's incredibly exciting um and you know you touched upon things there that you know your entrepreneurial spirit being with a company and then happy and going off and making your own and also having that vision and you know clearly that drive behind it and for the audience who you know don't know you much and one thing we try to do at inspire is give the person's background so talk to us you know was that always something that was in your dna was it something that you brought up with with your family you know, talk to us, you know, what, what was behind that? So I think I, I'm, I'm a big believer, Karim, in that Asian culture is, um, you know, I think the business, the drive is, is set within our DNA. Um, for, for the wrong reasons, I do believe, and, I, and I'll come back to that. But my, my personal background is, you know, it, it's, it's very similar to a lot of people. Look, you know, people say, well, you know, I grew up with nothing and I grew up with, you know, in a council house. And, you know, and that is the case. Yeah. You know, but I think it's also very cliche in the, in the nicest possible way. I don't want people and I say this to people as well just because you grew up in a council house because I did I grew up in a I grew up so it's just my brother my mum because my mum and dad got divorced in the uh, 80s okay. which as Asian parents was you know very taboo you know um, culturally it wasn't done you know so my mum raised my brother and I we were raised in a, in a small two-bedroom uh, house in South London um you know, so we, we grew up, and, and I remember people looking at my mum 
as a as a bit of a charity case um, not because you know uh she needed anything but it was more so with pity that oh bless her you know she's got two young boys and her husband left her and you know so it was very much you know but i think that is what made my brother and i now who we are you know and i think a lot of entrepreneurs would say the same thing that that's why they are who they are because it's what they came from um contrary to belief you know when people ask me oh my god you must have had a really you know bad childhood actually if i look back on it i didn't i actually had a really good childhood you know i've got nothing but fond memories um sure we didn't have the latest um uh you know night trainers and i remember when my friends i don't know how, how old you are but you know i'm showing my age here but you know i remember when my friends wanted um had amiga 500 this is kind of going back Going, I can't even remember. Yeah, that. this is this is this is you know uh, I'm showing my age here. But when they had the, the computer system, like yeah. I don't know what is it now, PS4. I don't know know what it Probably is. On PS10 or something. Yeah, maybe you know. But back back then they had something called Commodore Amiga 500, and it was I think it was about 500 600 pounds, and you know naturally my mum couldn't afford it. Um, so so you know I ended up with a Commodore 64, which is like. 250 pounds you know um but you know we made use of it and that that's what it was and 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 it was okay you know so but i look back and i've got nothing but fond memories so but that drive yeah that drive you know um is what sets in and what 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 gives you that hunger uh, is what i believe you know so and i think people who come from that they share very much one feeling um and the big thing that drives them is the fear of failure. They don't want to fail. They don't want to go back to what that was, you know. So I think that is the biggest driving factor. Um, and just going back to what I what I initially mentioned about kind of our culture, um, you know, when we first launched the the magazine, we done a very interesting piece which looked at the Asian culture and. Um, and why Asians are, you know, uh, are very, very driven. Why is that? You know, you know, is, does it come naturally? Or, but what it was is that if you look back and you look at, you know, Asian culture, is ve- every, everything is very, very superficial. Everything is judged on the job you have, the, the house you have, the car you drive, the, you know, um, everything, everything around, everything is very superficial. Everything is very fickle. You know, it's very superficial. Um, and, you know, and, and series like Goodness Gracious Me, they've made jokes about it. You know, my son's got this and my son's got that. And, you know, and it, but that's how it is. But by default, what happens when you grow up in a world like that, because you are judged on the house that you live in or the car that you drive or the friends that you have, you know, you are by default trying to strive constantly because you're being pushed by community, by society, by your parents. You're constantly being pushed so some people like it and some people don't but it becomes inherent as part of your nature so you constantly want to strive and 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 become better um and that's actually what we found you know so um so i think a bit of it was a big big part of it for me was very much um you know what i went through when i was younger and actually the 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 hunger of having what i didn't have and now it becomes you know uh, the fear of uh, failure 
Definitely. That's beautiful. And like, thanks for sharing your, you know, your background with your upbringing with your, you know, your parents and your mother. Sure. And you know, I'm sure there's so many people out there who do go through hardships or bought, you know, grow up in hardships and don't know how to get out. So, what was your mindset back then? Did you know you wanted to change it? Did you always stay optimistic and positive? You know, what used to go through your through your mind during those, you know, th- those early years growing up? I think when you're when you're young and you're growing up, like when I, when I was growing up, there was a lot of things which um, you know didn't go right. You know, but essentially, you have to have that can-do attitude. You know. Um, what happens is that when you don't have a lot, you become very resilient. Um, and from a very young age, I understood that, you know, it's, if you, you can easily jump from a, a Ford to a Ferrari, but you'll struggle to jump from a Ferrari to a Ford, you know, because your mindset is different. Your, you know, your expectations are different, you know. So when you're at that level, it's it's just moving up. You can always go up. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden when you're, when you're younger and you have, and you don't have a lot, everything that comes to you is a blessing. Everything that comes to you is a bonus, you know. Um, and then you realise that and then you start, you have this inherent hunger within you. And I think that is with a lot of people. It's not just our culture. I think if you look across the planet and you see uh, entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, you know, most of them, you will find that actually they are, um, they didn't have much growing up, you know, so it's the hunger that drives um, entrepreneurs, Brilliant. for sure. And, and that reminds me about, uh, you know, a quote I read uh, that you mentioned a few times on your Instagram, if you're going to think, make sure you think big. Does that go back to your, your early days and you've always been a big thinker or is it something you learned to do yourself? I think a few years ago um, when a, a good friend, and somebody that I respect very, very much, um, a gentleman called Dinesh Damija, who is the, uh, who's the founder of uh, eBookers, uh, eBookers.com. And, you know, a fantastic entrepreneur uh, and he sold eBookers uh, for I think it was 400 and something million dollars um so you know very successful you know amazing what he did and he said to me you know this one piece of advice that he gave to me a few years ago which always resonates with me and I'm always happy to share it he said that the problem with people most people is that they think too small if there's a very 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 small chance of success they won't even try so that is something that I've learned over the years and now it's, it is a motif that I live by. It's, um, you know, if we want to work with, you know, Rolls-Royce, why can't we work with Rolls-Royce? You know, tomorrow I'll jump on the phone with them. Somehow, some way, we will try and work with Rolls-Royce, you know. There's no brand, is, you know, that is out of our reach, you know, and that is the mentality that I speak to my team about. So, you know, and that's, you know, I'm blessed to say that actually with that mentality it's helped me get where i need to be and what i've done so far so yeah absolutely it's brilliant and um you know about thinking big it's obviously so important when you're starting off a business what advice can you give to our audience about the first 12 to 14 months of when you 
left your job, you didn't have a salary, you sat there on your own building a business. What did that journey look like? Um, it's scary, you know, um, and and I think for a lot of people, they'll know exactly what I'm saying um, because, you know, sometimes it's not 12, 14 months, sometimes it's two years, sometimes it's three years, you know, um, and it's not easy. It, it's not easy. But... I think very much so if you if you believe in in what you're doing um, then then stay focused and I know it sounds very very cliche you know stay focused and and but very very importantly make sure you've done your homework you know um, one of my favorite things to say and I, and I know people keep saying to me you know why do you keep saying stay in your lane stay in your lane because it, it means so many different things and i've come across this many many a time and when i say to people stay in your lane know your lane you know especially in those first 12 14 18 24 months know your lane so don't you know first and foremost do your research you know um don't set up a business don't try and create something that you want make sure it's something that you can sell you know some it, it, it fills a need you know that's hugely important because i know many people who said oh my god i've got a great business idea i'm going to start it off i'm going to do this i'm going to but it's because of it's what they want it's not something that is scalable or something that you know other people would want um you know so it, it's you've got to stay focused you've got to know your lane and also Again, going back to what I said, you know, a bit earlier was understand your strengths, but understand your weaknesses. You know, I know for me, I know what my strengths are, um, and I also know where my weaknesses are, and I don't. I'm not scared of that, and I'm not shy about that. What I do is I surround myself with people who are very, very strong at that. Again, you know, we really try to uncover the truths of you know uh, setting up your own business. When, when you were in that initial startup, did you have any, like, naysayers, any doubters, anyone telling you you couldn't do I, it? I, I still have them now. <laughs> I still have them now, Home, you know. Yeah. It, it's, look, you're never going to be able to um, please everyone. The Before I even launched the magazine, there was a similar magazine called Asian Enterprise, Um you know, which came a few years, but I don't know if you'd ever come across it, it came a few years before um, I, I launched mine. And um, the, uh, the the person who, who launched that, I you know, who had that magazine, I, I, I found him and I reached out to him and I said, listen, I just want to pick your brain. This is what I'm planning to do. Um, you know, can you spare some time on the phone with me? I just want to pick your brain about a few things. So bless him, he did. And, you know, he gave me some of his time. And I had a conversation with him. Um, and he said to me, don't do it. Forget it. And I said, I asked him why. I said, you know, um, why? You know, and he said, look, he said, your intentions are great. And what, you know, you're planning on doing, I've done already. I interviewed the entrepreneurs i inter i interviewed the millionaires and i interviewed the billionaires um and the stories are great but you can't print with nothing you can't run a business with nothing you know and he said um and his exact words were eight years on and i remember vividly he said to me you you will struggle to get support 
advertising support. And I think this goes back to, again, my skill set. That guy was a journalist turned publisher. I'm a salesman turned publisher. So for me, it's very much, you know, if you can't sell your product, you know, um, but I was, you know, and, and I still am. I'm a glorified salesman. That's what I am. I'm, I know what I'm good at and I can sell my brand. Um, I don't claim to be a, an editor. I don't claim to be a journalist. That's not, that's not who I am. I'm a salesman. I'm just a salesman turned publisher, you know. So that was the difference. And, and what you touched upon there, uh, you know, the feedback, taking that on, you know, that clearly gives you some drive. Is that a common trait in uh, successful entrepreneurs with how they accept and react upon feedback or criticism? You know, so I think everyone falls into one of two brackets. You either have a growth mindset or you have a fixed mindset. End of. For me, and a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they have a... um, they have a, a solid growth set, growth mindset, um, because that's where they got. To, you can't, you cannot run a business for ten years, twenty years. You can't run a business like that and not grow. You can't, you know. For us, you know, we've dropped our print edition and we've gone digital. That's part and parcel of who who we are. Um, you know, that's how it's. You know, you've got to be able to kind of grow. Once that happens, once you have this kind of growth mindset. Um, you know, you will you will understand. And and look, if I say to you, um, a very good friend of mine, I had dinner with him uh, last last year, and very very successful, worth hundreds of millions of pounds, and he has a driver, um, and his uh, he his driver was on holiday, so um, he said to me, I'm going to come into London, and we're going to we're going to have dinner. Um, so I said, how are you getting here? So he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump on the train. So he's because his wife said, listen, why don't you jump on the train and just, you know, get an Uber back? Um, so he got, he jumped on the train, you know, we got together, we had a lovely meal. Um, we left the restaurant probably around midnight. And, um, he said to me, my wife has downloaded this Uber app for me. Uh, you know, how do, how do I use it? How do I use it? You know, um, and it's funny to you and I because we think, <laughs> who, do, who the hell doesn't know how to use Uber, right? But yeah. when you when you're living in that world, when you've got you know, when you've got chauffeur driven, you know, uh, when you've got a chauffeur uh, uh, a chauffeur that drives you around everywhere, um, it's not something that's in the forefront of your head. You don't need, really need to know Uber, you know. Um, but what it was, what I found really really interesting is that I said to him, um, "Give me your phone." Yeah, yeah, let me put in your, give me your postcode, I'll put it in. And he said, no, 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 no. He goes, he goes, yeah, take my phone, but show me, show me how you do it so I know, so I get it. And then, you know, if I ever need to use it again, I can do. Yeah. But that little bit I found so interesting because what he was doing is that actually it was, and that again kind of goes back to growth mindset, is that anybody else, if you had a fixed mindset that said, here, here, here's my postcard and here's my phone, do me a favour, put it in in, in and order me an Uber. He was very much no, um, you know, and this is after, you know, two or three bottles of wine, and you know, it was still very much, show me, I want to learn for next time, you know. Um, so it's very much a growth mindset, very much growing, absolutely. You touched upon it earlier, and I've seen it on your uh, social media pages, you talk about mentors, 
surrounding yourself with the right people. I believe, you know, your um, mentor is uh, Vijay Patel, OBE. Talk to us about what influence and mentors had on you and how important it is for anyone striving to do more and better in their business. Um, so I guess I, I'm very, very blessed um, to be in a position where um, I come across and I, I've, I've met and I've become friends with some you know, very, very um, uh, successful entrepreneurs. And I say success not in the traditional sense in what they've achieved because they have this mindset, they have various things. But f for me, you know, so I'm, I'm blessed in the sense I don't just have one mentor. I have a number of mentors. Um, and I sometimes, they don't even know that they're my mentor. You know, um, and I will say to them, I said, you know, for the last five years, I've bloody looked up to you. And, and, you know, I will notice things about you that you don't even notice about yourself. And um, and he and, and they say to me, they say, you know, really? And I say, yeah, yeah, because mentor is this very, you know, loose term in the sense of, you know, when people are looking for mentors, um, it's not something so, you know, solid that you have to go out and say, um, you know, knock on people's door and say, can you be my mentor? That's not what it's about. You know, it's actually about surrounding yourself with the right kind of people that will help you grow. And that is really what mentorship is. Don't, don't for one second think that you're going to knock on someone's door and say, can you be my mentor? And then you go and see them once a month and they're going to change the way you think. It, that's that's false gold it doesn't work like that that's not, that's not how it is um you know you have to be able to absorb surround yourself look for the people that will help you grow look for the people that will that will you know uh help you level up you touch it you know you've said it publication is your background media that's now social and digital when you picked up uh, an award i believe it was 2016 or 17 you spoke about how the media landscape was going to change and we've seen a huge change in the past three, four years alone. Uh, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, everybody's trying to go digital. Everyone is going digital. How do you see the next five, ten years being for media and publication? Um, so this is a question I get asked a lot. Um, and it's always... if you Depending on who you ask, Karim, you know, some people will say print is coming back um yeah. because they say well look you know um people don't want their um their eyes constantly on a screen so they enjoy that process of you know reading words on a page and and, and something a bit meaty something which you know um has 1200 1500 2000 words something which is a bit meaty you know so print is coming back um that may be the case, and I think maybe at some stage we may revert back to that. I don't think it's going to become a world where all of a sudden you're going to jump on a train at a rush hour and everyone's going to have a paper and a book in their hand. I don't. Th I think those days have gone. Uh, but I think there we will get to a stage at some point that people will start enjoying um, words on a page. Now, I don't know what kind of pages there'll be whether it's kind of harry potter moving words on a on a screen or something but scribes yeah you know i i don't know if it's going to be that or if it will be something else 
but I think yes, it, it was very much. Um, I think the digital world still has, you know, a way to go. Um, it's it's very much, you know, uh, the landscape is very digital right now, um, and I think those people, any one in media any industry any anyone kind of within the um industry of media has seen that um you know and it's become you know look if you again kind of the growth mindset and evolution if you if you sit on the tracks for forever you know um something will go wrong you know so you've got to keep moving and i think you know in this kind of world we want to be we want to be the apples we don't want to be the blackberries you know and i think we all know what happened to, to blackberries and so it, i think it's you have to be aware of what's going to happen um but i think digital still has evolution in its path um, when it comes to media Correct. and obviously you just touched upon it again you in business coaching as well we mentioned at the top of the show your uh, ambassador for Suniva. Uh, luxury five-star um, resort which you can give a bit of a background on and you now launch your own uh, platform with investment did you envisage this was this part of the plan when you first started like what was the dream no it wasn't it wasn't um you know for for us again it goes into you know uh, evolving your business and evolution um in in our business I'm the front man. Um, I'm the emotional one. I'm the creative one. My brother is the analytical one. He's the strategic one. So we know where our strengths are. We know where our um, our weaknesses are. Where I'm strong, he's weak. Um, and um, where he's strong, I'm weak. So when he came into the business two and a half years ago i think it was i think he's seen a lot of and my, and my brother's background is in uh, in property yeah. um and i think he's seen a lot of opportunities where previously we've uh, uh you know we haven't taken full advantage of so you know we sat down uh, last year and we said okay well look you know there's a number what's our plan for next year so this was kind of summertime last year we were looking at 20 you know 2020 we're saying right what are we going to do how are we going to what's our goals for the end of 2020 how are we going to get there um and this was something which had been in the pipeline for maybe a year or so but only recently have did we you know back end of last year do we activate it um, and essentially you know current what we've got we've got over the last eight years we've built a pool of fantastic um entrepreneurs uh successful entrepreneurs so by default they've become investors you know a lot of them within property and real estate um but some of them who invest in watches who some of them who are what invest in cars in wine in art um you know and they've also become personal friends as well so they trust us they trust what we do um and you know on the other hand there are deals coming to us mainly on the property and real estate side um off market where there are opportunities where you know we get first before they hit the market you know we've got a pool of two pools of investors essentially you know um, we've got uh investors who are happy to invest anywhere from a million pounds up um 
And then we have a separate pool for ultra high net worth investors. And these ne- these investors, they won't look at anything less than 20 million. Um, so, you know, it's not worth their while. We're working on a, um, you know, a private equity deal at the moment for a, a dental tech business, which has only been in the market, I think, three or four years. And year on year, it's grown 300%. You know, so, you know, amazing figures. The background is strong. Um, and, you know, there are some serious investors looking at this. So, you know, and that's exclusively with us at the moment. So, so it's work, that's working very, very well. But it's my brother who's spearheading that side of the business. The, um, he's the clever one, you see. So, uh, yeah, so, so Sonny's spearheading that. Um, and... I'm the one who hangs around on Maldivian islands and, um, you know, and, uh, but no, <laughs> just so. kind of going back to your, your question about Suniva. So yes, I'm an ambassador for, uh, Suniva. Um, you know, it, it's, I've, I, I've been in love with the brand, um, since I became aware of it in 2016. Um, my first time on the island was, um, was, uh, in 2016 and, um, uh, most people won't know Suniva, but they may know Six Senses, spas and resorts. Um, so Sonu Shivdasani, who is the founder and CEO of, was the founder and, and CEO of uh, Six Senses, spas and resorts, he sold that and him and his wife launched Suniva. So Sonu and his wife Eva collectively are Suniva. Um, so they have two islands in the Maldives. They um, they have a beautiful resort in the south of uh, Thailand. They have a private yacht um, in 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 the Maldives as well. Well, the reason I fell in love with Suniva is their ethos. Um, they believe in something called intelligent luxury. So it's not about gold and marble. It's the fact that when you're on the way to the island. They will take your shoes and put it in a tote bag for you and they'll say to you, Karen, for the next 10 nights that you're on the island, you don't have to put on shoes. So when you come to breakfast, barefoot. When you come to lunch, dinner, whatever you do around the island, barefoot. That's luxury. The fact that you can just have, because the whole island is sand. So you have sand, you know, running through your toes throughout the whole seven, 10 nights that you're there. That's luxury. That's something you can't experience every day of your life somewhere else, you know. Um, they have a, a wonderful chocolate room with chocolate, which is which is all made on the island, and um, the chocolate room is open from ten o'clock in the morning till ten o'clock at night. You don't pay for anything; you just go in there and you help your damn self, you know. And um, and you know everything from fusion. Kind of, they have the standard milk chocolate and dark chocolate, but the passion fruit infusion of chocolates and you know uh, pistachio chocolates and you know uh, chocolate ice creams and this and that. It's like it's like kind of Willy Wonka blew up in there, you know? Um, and that, that's luxury, that you can just go in there and, and indulge in these things. Uh, but for me, more so is what I learn from the founder. I, I just put up, uh, recently I put up a, um, a very uh, quick interview that I did with Sonny while I was on the island in January. Um, I don't know if you saw that. And, and yeah. you know... Um, it was supposed to be 90 seconds. I said to Sonu, uh, we're going to do a 90 second one. And I think it went on for like seven minutes. Seven minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Seven minutes. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, and, and before we started, I just asked him five questions. And I said to and, and he said, you know, you really want to ask me these questions? And I said to him, Sonu, the reason why I want to ask you these questions is because it's as an entrepreneur, me and a lot of other people, these are the basic things that people want to know, you know, um, 
as a very successful entrepreneur, what time do you wake up in the morning? You know, and it's it's interesting because it's the question that I ask a lot of people um, because, and they get surprised that why are you asking me? You know, this this guy who I mentioned about the Uber, the yeah. Uber guy, uh, when I, when when I said to him, um, his name is Mayank, um, and I said to I said to Mayank. Um, you know, and I was asking him, oh, look, what time do you wake up in the morning? What's your morning routine? You know, this guy's worth hundreds of millions of pounds, right? So, and and uh, and when I said to him, I want to do something, and he goes, nobody's going to be interested in that. And he said to me, and and I said to him, why? Why do you think? He goes, because nobody's ever asked me those kind of questions. I said, because if anyone's got five minutes with you, they're not going to ask you what time you wake up in the morning. You know, uh, but I said, that's what people are really interested. You know, what's your diet like? You know, what, uh, what time do you wake up in the morning? How many holidays do you go? Do you switch off when you go on holiday? All these kind of little intricate, you know, personality traits, people find really, really interesting because they want to grow. I want to grow, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's... that's um, have you um, have you read uh, Robin Sharma's bestseller Five AM Club? No, I haven't. I've heard of it, but um, it, it, it's a it's a bestseller, yeah. um, and it's just based on. I know there's a lot more to it, but yeah. waking up at five AM, yeah. the magic behind that, yeah. the morning rituals, and, and it's so important. Yeah. And it's funny how you say, um, you know, you asked him, and he he said, "Who's going to want to know that?" Yeah. But actually everybody wants to know that yeah. because you know that one percent two percent difference you know can be the the difference between second and first place um and on your description of Suniva, i was looking yeah. at krish i think we're going to want to check that out uh, yeah, get, get our shoes off yeah of get, get get the, get the milk chocolate yeah you, you, you gotta do that you gotta do that i mean it's uh, it's an amazing place and um you know if you if you ever get a chance to go there and, and you know and son is on the island i mean him and uh, even live on the island uh, he travels a lot, but you know that's where their home is. Um, if you ever get a chance to to, to to be there and 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 grab even fifteen minutes of his time, um, you know, uh, then then you must. You will learn so much. And again, kind of going back to kind of evolution. Whenever I'm on the island and um, Sonu runs his diary like every fifteen minutes, so this is again something that I learned. You know, so it's you know every fifteen minutes. These are world experts experts on the planet because you know some people call it time boxing some people call it something else you know um and i know people who um for me my diary is you know i'm not that advanced and mine is an hour and a half my whole day is split into hour and a half slots so you know um that's what i do if i have a meeting it's an hour and a half you know if i'm if i'm having lunch with someone it's an hour and a half it's you know it's all these things I know people who have locked it down to half an hour, so, um, you know, but the best in the world have got it down to people like Sonny who've got it down to 15 minutes. If there's, if I'm having a meeting with you and we cannot talk about what needs to be talked about in 15 minutes, there's something wrong. I love that. And for anybody watching or listening, please check out Sonneva. I've been on your Instagram. It looks incredible. Thank you. Uh, absolutely beautiful place. Um, how we like to end every interview, we like to do a quick fire, which sure. is quite, you know, traditional in a lot of podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. But we really like to, uh, you know, tailor it personally to who we're speaking to. Sure. Um, so, you know, with yourself, I'm actually asking for three on this because I can guess what the first two are after that. What <laughs> are your three favourite luxury uh, destinations? Um, 
so uh, destination number one would be Maldives. I think you guessed that already. Um, you know, uh, uh, Maldives and, and anywhere in the Maldives. You know, like I said, Maldives is a beautiful place. Um, I'm a big fan of the Middle East as well. I really do enjoy Dubai. So once a year, my family and I will, will be in Dubai. So I really do uh, like Dubai as well. Um, I think the the third one, the third one would probably would probably have to be London at Christmas. You know, I, I I love I love and it's very completely far from you know the the sun sand and sea of the Maldives and you know um, the Middle Eastern sun of Dubai. But I love I love um, London at Christmas. Beautiful, uh, and your two favorite drinks. Your holiday drink is Negroni. Home drink is old fashioned. <laughs> yes. If you could only drink one again, old fashioned all day, every day. That's an easy one. Yeah. Um, your social media pictures for anyone following you are very distinct. Everything's point of view. Mm-hmm. What's the reason behind that? I'm too ugly to be in front of the camera. You know, it's, <laughs> Don't um, say that. No, it, it's, um, I think it, it was just something which um, I, um, I, I think I. I Years ago, it was just kind of a couple of pictures that I took like that, and um, I liked the way that they came out. Um, and I think it's become a thing now. You know, it, it's it's more so. Um, you know what I see is through my eyes. You know, so that's the kind of perspective I like to give on it. You know, and I think it just adds something a little bit different as well. Cool. So yeah, and um, you've interviewed a lot of uh, industry leaders, some of the most famous and powerful. Uh, people in business if you could interview one person who you haven't already interviewed who would they be Uh, very good question um i think i would probably i'm i want to say richard branson but i don't know what i would ask him because i've I've read his books and I've I've listened to his audio books and so I feel like there's every I know everything that there is need I need to know. Um, Richard Branson is probably someone that I would, um, if I did ever get the opportunity to interview him, I would probably ask him questions which many people haven't asked him, just so it's very different and I get to understand more. Uh, but yeah, if 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 I just had to think off the top of my head, who would I interview? I think it would probably be. Um, Richard Richard Branson or Jay Z, good choice. Jay Z, I think choice. I think everyone I think he's done phenomenally well, um, you know, in his industry. But as a business person, it's um, yeah, I I think I'd really really like to interview Jay Z. Great, and finally, what would you tell your twenty year old yourself? Um, stay away from the old fashions <laughs> no I, I i would probably um i would probably say to my my 20 year old self um uh, go out and see more oh so, yeah Brilliant. That's really good advice. Well, look, thank you once again for your no, time. No, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, it's uh, really great speaking to you about your background, your upbringing, Asian wealth, what you're doing now with the, uh, you know, the property uh, uh, platforms as well. 
And um, yes, media and social media, I'm sure our views got so much information out there. If they want to follow you, where can they go? Um, so me personally, I'm on Instagram at MrKP36. Um, otherwise, our tag is Asian Wealth Mag on, on Instagram and across the social channels. Our website is um, AsianWealthMag.com. Perfect. And um, after this, remember to like, subscribe and share. And yeah, we look forward to uh, coming back with more material. Mm-hmm.